now is the chance to center ourselves in the meditation, to work to make the mind quiet and calm, to steady it in samadhi. To do this, we bring sati or mindfulness continually to watch our own minds, the chitta. And when we do this, we can step out of our usual pattern of continual and nonstop thinking, either recollecting the past that is gone or imagining and worrying over a future that is yet to come. Rather, the Buddha taught us to maintain mindfulness in the present moment now and to avoid getting caught in either the past or the future. So for this period of time, when we're engaged in formal practice, even if only for an hour, we try to control and restrain the mind and heart in this way. We bring our mindfulness to the four foundations described in the Satipatthana Sutta, that is the body, feelings, mind, and mental qualities or Dharma categories. To begin with, we maintain mindfulness with the body. As we sit here watching our breath, this is one way of keeping mindfulness with the first of the Satipatthana, that of the body. The breath is an element of the body. Similarly, as we walk or move throughout our day, we maintain mindfulness with this same foundation. As we sit, we do the same, being aware of our posture, of our legs crossed, right foot on top of the left or left on top of the right, our backs straight, not leaning too far one way or the other, and closing our eyes gently, watching the breath, but trying to not control it. As we watch the breath, we may use the meditation word Budo or simply watch the inhalation and exhalation, whatever works. But this way of being with one's breathing represents one way of developing mindfulness in the first foundation, that of the body. Some people may find it easier and more conducive to contemplate and use the thinking mind at the beginning. They might contemplate emptiness or look at the body in terms of the four elements, earth, water, wind, and fire. As they see the body in terms of these elemental qualities, seeing it simply as a heap of earth, water, air, 
and fire, then it will disintegrate in their minds and give rise to a vision of emptiness. They will realize that it is not inherently a person, a being, or them, but rather just a collection of elements temporarily gathered. At first, such contemplation may need to be engaged in using the thinking mind. One may have to intentionally look at the different parts of the body associated with each element and ask, is this body mine? Are these elements me? For example, one may look at the bones and these, the earth element, one can contemplate and use one's imagination to see how after death the skeleton will decay, the white bones will become brown, and the brown bones will dry and steadily dissolve into dust. One can do the same for the others. At death, one's wind element flees with the breath. One's fire element becomes extinguished and the body and the flesh become cool and cold. The water element dries and all the liquids in the body become dry and leak out of the body. All that's left after a time are those elements which are especially resistant to decay, namely the hard ones such as the bones, teeth, and skull. These one can contemplate as the equivalent of stone, as simply the same as stone that is outside of one. And using thought to contemplate and dissect the elements in this way, one begins to see the truth of this body and its nature. If we are prone to see the body as something beautiful, then when we contemplate like this, we develop a wisdom that is transcendent and lets us understand that this form is not in fact attractive. We rather see it according to elements and nature. As we look into the nature of the body this way on a regular basis, we become increasingly skilled. And as we do so, our thinking may fade because we are keeping the mind with one task and one general object, that of the body and its nature as a collection of elements. In such contemplation, we might bring to mind different organs, such as the lungs, the stomach, the liver, various small and large internal organs, watching them dissolve and decay, and finding ourselves left with a vision and an intuition of the empty nature of this body.
at first, what images arise in the mind will most likely be those brought intentionally to the mind through one's memory and past perception and imagination. And one should use these. At first, what images come will not be what we characterize as a nimitta or a spontaneously arisen and very clear, usually, image. However, if we engage in such contemplation on a regular basis, the mind grows increasingly calm, and then nimittas may arise of their own accord. This is predicated on our regularly practicing this contemplation. We look at all the external things in our, <clears throat> in our world in terms of their dissolving nature and as elements and then we bring the contemplation inside and see how the body also is of the same nature. As the citta has gained power through such practice, then images will arise more and more naturally as we've in some sense built them or cultivated them through such contemplation, our understanding and insight will also grow deeper. We will see clearly that the body is nothing but a heap of the four elements. So this is something we must turn ourselves to regularly and apply effort. One who understands the preciousness of this life, understands that the practice of trying to reach an end of samsara, of trying to find a way out of this cycle of rebirths, is the most worthy of all goals and is one that we should give ourselves wholeheartedly to. We can determine to try to escape samsara in this very life, if possible. We've been fortunate enough to encounter the teaching of the Buddha, and this is profound good luck. So, having encountered such good fortune, it is our duty to apply effort. We don't let up. We walk and sit when we're calm. And when we're not calm, we also walk and sit. When we feel diligent, we practice. And when we don't, we also practice. The same goes for chanting. Sometimes we might feel like doing it and sometimes not. But it is our duty as monks to praise the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha every day. And so, regardless of how we feel, we still give ourselves to the task. This is how Ajahn Chah taught us to work and to practice, to make our effort continuous, regardless of our mood. Laity as well can be monks in the sense that they also can be 
one who sees the danger in samsara, which is the meaning of monk. As we practice, we contemplate regularly the six sense bases, the eyes and the forms they see, the ears, the nose, taste, the body and its impact through external stimulus and the mind and mental objects. And we see that all happiness and pleasure derived from these six ayatana or sense bases is not lasting, but temporary. That to attach to it involves and inevitably gives rise to suffering and dukkha. Rather, we learn little by little that we must look for a deathless happiness, one that will not end, amata. This is how Ajahn Tah taught us to contemplate. In mythology, they speak about an elixir of immortality. And in a sense, to contemplate the body is like drinking of such an elixir. Because as we see its changing and decaying nature, we cease to identify with it. And the chitta moves towards a state beyond death, above the world, and sees the body only as elements, as empty. And this is the practice which we should all work to engage in. So today is July 7th or July 9th, 2020. And I encourage you all to continue practicing. We'll have a translation now.